0: It's an actual pandemic. I think spiritual homelessness is an actual pandemic, um, broader than any pandemic or epidemic that we have on earth today. Spiritual homelessness is the largest and biggest problem we have, which dominoes down to every other problem that we see in the world. So ladies and gentlemen, I titled today's show Spiritual Homelessness, and I said, what makes a house a home? Can you live in a house? And be homeless? I assume a lot of people would answer yes. What about spiritual homelessness? That is something that most people in the world experience, and it's a pandemic. So let's talk about it today, and I'll need your help to share and spread the gospel, not gossip. So please click that thumbs up button, hit that rumble button, ladies and gentlemen. And make sure that you share this out if you're watching on the Rumble app or grab the link and, uh, from your, your laptop and share it on your Facebook pages and true social. Because if you know what, there's a lot of um, difficulty in getting involved in politics and like, what can I do to save the country? But it's very easy to spread the gospel. It's very easy to share the gospel. Don't reject it. And you know what? Not sharing it is a form of rejecting it. Share it out. Get it to the world. And let's get uh, to the verse of the day today, which um, you can go to. I'd like you all to open up your Bibles if you can so we can be ready. And um, we're going to open our Bibles up to Matthew. And we're going to go to Matthew 25. Okay? Matthew 25. But before we do so, we are going to go to the Lord in prayer. We are going to ask Jesus for discernment to understand these verses and understand them in their context and then apply them in our everyday lives, make them applicable to the things that we're going through in order for us to understand them better. That's the beauty of the gospel, folks. So if you're wearing a hat, please remove one. If you are busy somewhere, please just for a second, relax, bow your head, focus on the cross, focus on salvation, and uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. In Jesus' name, Father God in heaven, we thank you so very much for helping us through the gospel, helping us understand your word to a point where we can actually apply it to what we're going through and then apply those that guidance that you give us so that we don't remain spiritually homeless. Lord, we know that there's a lot of Christians that are watching today, that are listening today that desperately want to be better Christians, but yet they cannot seem to turn away from the things that prevent them from moving forward on this godly path with you and with Jesus. Lord, today help us understand what things we need to rid of our lives so that we don't make our way to Jesus after death. And he says, depart from me, you worker of iniquity, I never knew you. Lord, today as we approach this Christmas season and Jesus being the reason for our celebration of his birth at this time, let us understand how we can remain whole and not be spiritual homeless, spiritually homeless so that we can help others out of despair as well. We pray this in Jesus name. Amen. All right, folks, yes, I know there's a lot going on in the world. Please pray for Tennessee. Please pray for the people in this chat who have lost loved ones this season, who are losing loved ones. Um, Everybody, everybody everywhere needs Jesus. And if you follow me on Instagram, I put a video out this weekend on Instagram that said that I was kind of perplexed and mind blown by the fact that all of these countries are screaming for aid and screaming for help and constantly crying out for somebody to save them. And that's great. And that's wonderful that there's people out there listening and and it can be it doesn't matter if it's Palestine or Israel or Ukraine or right here in America. The one person that they're not crying out to, the one person that they're not screaming out to for help is the one person they should. And that's Jesus. So maybe those people, those countries, those communities out there all around the world, no matter where you are. Whether you are in a Christian or a Muslim or a Judeo-Christian or a, Judea, uh, a, a country of, uh, uh, of Judaism, which is really just Israel, maybe, just maybe, asking and praying to Jesus first is a good start. And then from there, help will come. Help will come. Now, folks, I would like to um, kind of start out today by giving you some great news here, 18 minutes past the hour today on Rise Up. And that is, we had 70 children, 70, who are have been um, selected by way of request for help uh, to receive the Christmas uh, slurp fund, I guess, that we have been raising money for and that we have been reaching out to you to reach out to us for. Now, um, 70 children and what it happened was it came out to be about $74 per child and i thought that wasn't enough so we kicked in the extra that we needed to we used some other funds that we had and we kicked in the extra and we made it an even $100 so all 70 kids will get $100 some children some families have 6 kids some families have one kid and i thought the easiest and most fair way to do this was to do it per child rather than per family, and that way it made it fair. So now 70 children will be able to get a gift from God, and that's what we will write in each and every one of those checks, gift from God. Now I spent about an hour and a half. I woke up at five 30 this morning, answering a whole bunch of emails back that sent in the request at Jeremy at LFA us. Um, and we've got them all ready to we're, We've, we've pretty much got it all ready to go, but there was about 15 people I needed addresses for. So please check your emails, check your spam for a message from Jeremy at lfatv.us. And you will see if you, uh, um, if you'll see the response there, but a hundred dollars um, for 70 children, um, ladies and gentlemen, that's uh, $7,000 that we were able to help children. Uh, and I'll tell you what, as, and, and to all you donors out there, while I was sitting there writing down all the names and addresses by hand this morning, while drinking coffee, sitting by the uh, Christmas tree at five 30, I said, this is, this is, if Santa was real, this is what Santa must feel like. And then I said, no, better yet, this is what Jesus must have felt like every day, helping others in need. And then I thought of all of you, who donated. And I thought, wow, we all get to experience just a little bit of what it feels like to feel like Jesus and just do nothing but good to help so many children. And I just thought, what a wonderful moment. 70 kids, $100 per kid. All of you folks that are out there, I read your messages. I read those sad, sad stories. I read the stories of abuse, physical abuse, mental abuse, I read the stories of, of, of loneliness and despair. Um, RJ said, had to go through Jeremy.com. Sorry to hear that. Sounds like people are having a hard time get to the show. Another reason to help us share it out, folks. And all these children are going to get a little something extra. And I know it's not a lot per child in a Joe Biden inflation world, but about $100 uh, as opposed to nothing or even $100 extra as opposed to just a little, I think will really... Uh, will really help a lot of people during this Christmas season. But really, when they see that check, when their families get that check, and it says gift from God, this season, 70 kids will think about, wow, some somebody that doesn't know me, people that don't know me, helped raise money so that in God's name, I could have a better Christmas. And that, to me, is some great news to start out this Monday. So let's go to the verse of the day today. Please open up your uh, emails. Jeremy, that's an extra 1,120 extra from the Slurp Fund. Yes, it is. Thank you, Kittenhead. Oh. Oh, look at that. And I'm already looking at some of the emails coming back this morning. Thank you very much. Um, if you're having trouble accessing the show, reboot. And then you'll get in. I had the same problem. Yeah, folks, a lot of people have problems because Rumble is such a growing and attacked um, website that gateways from your computer to their site sometimes are disrupted, and you have to kind of re-spark and restart. So make sure you check that out as well. Um, Jeremy, there are so many stores that will enable that money to go further. That's correct. That's correct. Family Dollar, Dollar General, uh, places like that definitely will, will help it go a lot further. And uh, so anyway, folks, what a great way to start it. Let's go to the verse of the day today, and that is, like I said, Matthew 25, and we're going to read from 37 to 46. Oh my gosh, Rosa, she just donated a $500 with a heart to help replenish the slurp fund and she has already made my children's christmases a wonderful and memorable christmas sending gifts to them like so many of you have done god bless you god bless you so very much so many children are going to be so happy because of things like this all right here we go we're going to go to matthew 25 verse 37 thank you all for your help matthew verse 25 or chapter 25 Verse 37, then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison or come to you and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. We're going to stop right there and kind of break through that, go through that. These are people saying to Jesus, but Lord, when did we see you? hungry and not feed you when did we see you naked and not clothed when did you see you ask for help and not feed you when did tell us when we did this to you at no time did we do this to you we would not do this to you Lord and Jesus said "Inasmuch as you've done it to the least of my brethren to anyone especially the ones that are asking for help then you did it to me you sinned against people asking for help. So you sinned in the same way against me as we are one body and the poor shall and the meat shall inherit the earth. Let me go on. Then they also will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or strange or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them to say, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these people go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Oh, that was verse 44, excuse me, I missed a verse, let me go back, 41, and then we will say, and then he will say to those on the left hand, depart from me, you cursed into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels, for I was hungry and you gave me no food, I was thirsty and you gave me no drink, I was a stranger and you did not take me in, naked and you did not clothe me, sick and in prison and you did not visit me. That was 41. I kind of skipped over 41 through 43 and went right to 44. I want to stop before I get to my explanation of these verses. And I want to remind you of those conversations that we've had over the years here on LFA about people standing out there with signs that say, we'll work for food or money. Down on my luck. Anything will help. Don't have enough fuel for my family. We have no heat. Anything will help. I'm a veteran and have no money. Homeless and addicted to drugs need help. Get a job. Uh Uh-oh. How about spending, instead of standing out here for 10 hours, you go work for 10 hours and make a living. Uh Uh-oh. I'm just going to pull over here and help this person out, person in the car with you. Why are you going to do that? You don't know what they're going to do with that money. You don't know what they're going to spend that money on. Who cares? Don't go give them your money. They're probably spending it. They're probably making more money than you make. Uh Uh-oh. You know, every time I see those people, Jeremy, my monthly Rumble rant came out twice. Who do I contact? Support at Rumble.com. Support at Rumble.com. And they're pretty good. They'll get back to you. Usually within that same day. Every time I see those people, every single time, I think that's Jesus. Every time. I think of like those movies, you know, like Bruce Almighty and all those other movies since the beginning of making movies about holiday spirits and Christmas traditions. You always see the homeless person or the beggar or the drunk or the stranger helping out, always showing up when he's, in the, when he's least expected to show up and he helps out of every situation. And I know not everybody has extra to give them. And do you want to know what you do when you don't have money to give them? Do you want to know what you do? You stop, pull over, get out, walk across the street if you have to, walk into the medium if you have to, of the highway, whatever you do, and say, look, I'm down on my luck financially as well. But I just wanted to tell you that I know the struggle. I love you, and I'll be praying that you get what you need. Merry Christmas. Give them a hug. Every single time, I think that that is Jesus, and that's a test. And if I I ignore that, it eats at me all day. I got to go back. Jeremy, I don't suggest you do that here. Well, I know you're going to have to use discernment, definitely. You're going to have to do that. You're going to have to use discernment. But do you want to know something else I think? Let's say they do go buy alcohol with it. Let's say they do go buy drugs with it. Let's say they do go buy something that that you don't approve that they should buy with the money that you gave them. Well, number one, you gave them the money. So it's no longer your money. And number two, how many times has God given you grace and you have disappointed him by doing the same sin over again? It's not always about the what. A lot of the times it's about the why. And the fact that you just went over there to even give somebody anything and to say, God bless you, to them, they're thinking, why did he do that? Maybe they won't. Maybe they will in the future. Maybe it'll hit them when they're buying drugs. Who knows? But just because they're going to do or may do something wrong with it, think of how many things you've done wrong with the things God has given you. And you might turn around and you might rethink that decision. Folks, I'm going to ask you to help me do, uh, share the video, okay? Now, I want to read for you what I wrote about these verses this morning. My daughter said something to me the other day that got me thinking. Now, let me give you some context here, and let me be as open and transparent as I can without violating my daughter's privacy. My daughter, my oldest daughter, is not... is currently being rejected emotionally, spiritually, and physically by her other parent. And attached to that is a very broken, very godless, without my son and my daughter being there, home full of evil where... There's not much discipline and the devil knows that he can can get into my home through getting into that home. We'll put it that way. And my daughter is very unhappy because she says that her house there is not a family and it's not a home. My daughter told me that she feels homeless, in her home with her other parent. And I got to thinking about that, and it broke my heart because it started getting me to think about that old saying, a house is just four walls and a roof and windows, but a home is filled with love and family and God. And so I asked her, do you feel like there's love and family and God in your home? And she said, no. And it broke my heart. My daughter, who is 15, told me I never knew that you could have a house and be homeless. And then she said something that burst me into tears. She said, I would rather be homeless with a home than to have a home and have no home life. My daughter said she would rather have her family that she lives with half of the time, homeless, but together with God and loving and have a home life, than she would to be living in a house where she feels spiritually homeless. And boy, are we showering her with so much extra love because of this and all of our children really most of you know we have a Brady Bunch home she had two I had two we got together and then we had a baby together so we've dealt with a lot but when my 15 year old tells me she would rather be homeless with a home than living in a house with no home life? It got me thinking about Christians who have the safety and the comfort of homes and churches, but don't have salvation and don't actually have Jesus working in their lives. Spiritual homelessness. Then I started thinking about real homeless people and how Jesus lifted them up on a pedestal. He even went as far to say that if you yourself deny to help the homeless, then you have denied him. Now, folks, this isn't really about getting full custody or keeping her at my house and taking her from her other life, because I could do that like that. Legally, I could do that like that. But my daughter loves her mother so very much. My daughter loves her little brothers that she has over there so very much. And the only constant and the only good and the only God that they have in their lives is when my daughter goes there, and she knows that. So it's not always about court, and custody, and where she can live, it's about a crushed heart being rejected by people that you love and wanting to be with them knowing that there is no right way, there's no fixing it the way it's going. I could have them in a second. So it's a a hard situation. And, you know, while my daughter is godly with God going through this, my other daughter has been fully rejected by her father. My stepdaughter, who is my daughter, she's my bonus daughter, she's my daughter. And she's been rejected by her father, and I, and I, and I, and I, and I sit here, and I grew up with rejected by both parents, so, you know, I know the pain, I know what it feels like, but... They know that even though those places are spiritually homeless, that they have the spirit of God walking with them everywhere they go. Um, RJ, I didn't make her go back. I wouldn't make them go back. They're old enough, smart enough, and with God enough to understand what's going on. And they know there's a big change coming very soon. Trust me. My wife and I have have prayed and have brought God into this situation and have brought God into this discussion. And their uh, their mother on, on my children, their mother has literally handed them over to Satan many, many times and said, "Here you go, here you go." And it's you know it's gonna be a there's gonna be a big life changing moment here in the next. Very, very near future. I'll just say that. But my point in all of this is saying is this. Thank you, Tara. My point is saying this. Yes, we can have a house and be homeless. Yes, we can be homeless and have a home. And yes, we can be Christians and be spiritually homeless as well. And those are the ones that Matthew is telling you that God will look at, Jesus will look at and say, depart from me. I never knew you. Um, it is Ray Comfort Monday. We have Mondays and Fridays. We reserve for Ray Comfort. And I want, to bring up, um, I want to bring up the Rumble chat here, the live chat. Rumble is having a bumpy day. Eli, love the background picture. No vaccines for Satan, or no vacancies for Satan, excuse me. In my home, we serve the Lord. Amen. Same with mine. I have granddaughter who was rejected by her mother. She has five kids, and her mother hasn't seen the two youngest. Her heart is so broken. Well, that's the thing right there. There's a lot of remedies to take her out of a bad situation, but the pain is with her, you know, and, it, and the heart is still broken, and that's what I'm more concerned with. We're taking steps as parents to be parents. Don't get me wrong on that, but that, that's not, not going to change the fact that her, gonna, her mom is leaving a huge empty hole in her heart, you know. Laura from New Mexico, how are you? Grammy says, I'm in tears for your baby girl. Uh, Both of our girls are going through a hard time right now. Our son, our sons, too. You know, life is life. It is what it is. Love the Lord with all my heart, says Logan. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, oh, wretched man says, yes, my dad died last week. I never shed a tear. But God is my father. Wow. Wow. All right, folks, it is Comfort Mondays. We have an 11-minute video here from Ray Comfort. I'd like to share that with you. I'd like to share and watching it with you because I have not even seen this yet. So we are putting this up without even me seeing this, as we do a lot here on Rise Up. Here we go.
1: This man just about burst a boiler. He was so frustrated with me. But when I saw him a week later, he said something that amazed me and it will amaze you. Make sure you watch this video until the end.
2: I don't appreciate your idea of sin either. I have contemplated this freaking all my life, trying to figure out what this Christian thing is. I disagree with you profoundly, my friend.
1: So do you think there's an afterlife?
2: Well, I certainly think I don't know, but I favor the idea of, of there being one. You ever read the Bible? Absolutely. It tells you there's an afterlife. Don't you believe it? The Bible says a lot of stuff. There's a huge variation in what the Bible says.
1: Well, see if you can get a variation from this, Dave. It's appointed a man once to die, and after this, the judgment. It's not what Jesus said. It's what Paul said. Got it. Yeah, it's appointed a man once to die and after this the judgment. So, yes. how are you going to do on Judgment Day? Are you a good person? In my estimate, yeah. yeah.
2: A lot of other people's estimates, no. <laughs>
1: what about God's estimate? What does he think uh, of you?
2: He loves his children and he doesn't throw them into a lake of fire for making the mistakes we make here on earth. What sort of mistakes are you talking about? I'm talking about what people call sin, like murder.
1: Yeah, like murder and thievery and... and... Do you remember the question? I said to you, what does God think of you? The way to find out is to look at the Ten Commandments. Let's go through the commandments and see how you're going to do on Judgment Day. Jesus said if you look at a woman and lust for her, you commit adultery with her in your heart. Yes. Have you ever looked at a woman with lust? See, to
2: look at a woman with the intent of lust is to conjure that up, to feed that up, to continue to promote that in your psyche, which is different than having a sex drive.
1: So is that a yes? Excuse me? Is that a yes? You've looked at women with lust? I don't remember the question. Yeah, that? Jesus said if you look at a woman and lust for her, you commit adultery with her in your heart. Have yeah. you ever looked at a woman with lust? Um, not that I recall. Not not in the sense that I'm talking about. Are you homosexual? No. So have you ever looked at a woman with lust? Is there red blood in your veins?
2: Um, It seems like you're pounding at this, wanting a specific answer. and I'd like a yes or no. I'm not going to give it to you. I'm saying that I don't accept those terms of what looking at a woman with lust is. If it means that you're attracted to a pretty face, of course. To lust after a woman about thinking about her in a progressive way dominant fashion to use her in a sexual gratifying way
1: uh, i mean dave when did you last look at pornography i can't remember many years yeah well, that's looking with lust so you violated that commandment let's go to the ninth you <sighs> shall not lie how many lies have you told in your life i lie all the time have you ever stolen something in your life
2: i don't recall stealing um, you've forgotten what you did? I mean, you've got this answers to your own questions that you're pressing upon the conversation. I, that's not a good, that's not open, fair communication, man.
1: Let's go to the third commandment. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Have you ever used God's name in vain?
2: Does that mean Yahweh? Does that mean Jesus? Does that mean, um, you know? Yes, it does. All of
1: those? Yeah whatever
2: um i probably have said yeah so no. but i don't i don't i don't use the name of jesus or yahweh in that
1: sense i'm using it in a cultural sense just as a yeah it's it's called blasphemy day very serious in god's eyes So here's a quick summation of your court case on Judgment Day. Dave, you've told me you're a lying thief, a blasphemer, and an adulterer at heart. No,
2: that's what you said about me. That's not what I said. That's your conclusions that you're trying to impose upon me saying it's what I said and I didn't say it, you said it. And now you want to draw conclusions on it. And I'm not going with that because
1: I don't appreciate your premise. You'll never ask God for forgiveness if you don't acknowledge your sins. And we've all violated those commandments. We all need God's mercy. Well, see, I don't appreciate your
2: idea of sin either. I'm totally about peace and...
1: Non-violence. I am very nonviolent. That's good to know. So let's keep going. So on Judgment Day, when you stand before God, you're going to be guilty like the rest of us. And I don't want you to end up in hell. Because that's what the Bible says will happen to you if you die in your sins. What did God do for guilty sinners so we wouldn't have to go to hell? God did something oh, he wonderful. tortures his
2: son to death. Now we're going to make God torture his innocent son to death for somebody else's errors. <coughs> and I don't buy that.
1: Not one little bit. God was in Christ, bringing the world back to himself. God was manifest in the flesh. What does that mean? Well, let me explain it to you. Give me 30 seconds. (laughs) Give me 30 seconds (laughs) without interrupting. Explain it all. Go ahead. You and I violated God's law. We're all guilty. Jesus paid the fine on the cross. That's why he said it is finished just before he died. He was saying paid in full. Dave, if you're in court and you've got speeding fines and somebody else pays them, a judge will let you go. And it's legal. Well, God can take the death sentence off you and let you live forever because Jesus suffered and died on the cross, paying our fine.
2: very offensive to me to think that we have a deity that would do that. I do not believe that. I think that would make our deity, you know, psychotic, um, schizophrenic, whatever you want to say. I think it's totally irrational to think that any sort of a deity that has a benevolent sense would do anything of the sort. I think it's one of the huge things that's been just washed into the whole Christianese push of the the culture and it turns Christianity into a thing. Of fear rather than of love and relationship.
1: Well let me address that because what you've said is very important. I'm pleased you said you're nonviolent because I'm going to tell you I disagree with what you've just said. God isn't just love. He's holy and just and he provided a Savior to satisfy the demands of eternal justice. That's why Christ died. And the <laughs> hang, let me finish because this is very important. The Bible speaks of the offense of the cross. You're offended by the cross and it also says no. the preaching of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing.
2: It depends on what the cross means, your interpretation of what those scriptures mean, and you're saying them as a matter of fact, and they're not a matter of a fact, they're a matter of interpretation and, and, and your own assessment on them. I'm telling you, I don't appreciate your building blocks of, of your argument. And I have contemplated this freaking all my life, trying to figure out what this Christian thing is and what is my relationship to it, and coming up with the idea that they have turned the gospel on its head. They've got a God now that is a terror, a horror, and that wants to hurt the poor and hurt the immigrants when all through the Old Testament. God's only a terror to evil people. No, that's not true. Well, if you want to say that we're all evil people, perhaps, but that is not the context. I think it's relational. I think that my children have done evil, in your estimation, quote, quote, uh, against me when they lied about me. And they put all these lying rumors out there about me. I did not want what you call justice. I wanted to see them at my dinner table, to see their hands and their face and gaze into their eye. This is paternal
1: relationalism. God wants the same with you. He wants you to repent and trust in Jesus. He wants you to overcome the power of death. And the only way you can do it is embrace that gospel. Put your trust in Jesus. Repent and turn. And listen to this. You've been said your your whole life you've been searching for truth. This is what Jesus said. If you truly are my disciples, you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. So, Dave, please think about what we talked about. You're a sinner like we are. There's a judgment day. Death is evidence you've sinned against God. You need a Savior. You need God's mercy. And God provided a Savior through Jesus. Trust in Him, and God will grant you everlasting life, forgiveness of sins. What do you think about what we talked about? Your,
2: your, Your standard orthodox Uh, Christianity I I do not appreciate it and I think it is has totally uh, the fame the character of the father and is using the name blasphemy attributing harmful um, intent on on someone else God is does not have harmful intent on the human beings
1: well, the Bible says his wrath abides upon you, and death will be evidence to you that God is serious about sin. You've been very kind to me. You've disagreed, but you've had the kindness to listen to what I say. So I do appreciate it. Can I please give you a book I've written called Scientific Facts in the Bible?
2: Yeah, okay. i yeah, yeah, sure I got
1: it. Nice to meet you, Dave. Thank you so much for listening to me. I disagree with you profoundly, my you've, friend. You've still taken the book, and I think that's very kind of you. Appreciate you listening to me, Dave, and sorry to frustrate you.
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're going to, there's um, there's a one week later portion to this, and we're going to play that next, but I just saw it. Um, I can tell you what this guy's issue is. This guy wants to believe in God. He wants to believe in Jesus. He doesn't understand that the reason that God allowed Jesus to be tortured was because Jesus basically became the sin of the world and God has wrath against the sin of the world he just didn't send his son down and torture his son for nothing his son took a his son made a payment his son paid the ultimate price for all of us because there has to be a give for a go there has to be a push for a pull there's a yin for a yang. There's a bad and there's a good. There's always two sides. There are always a positive and a negative. And what this man doesn't understand is that Jesus became the negative so that he could become the positive. And I can tell you what this man's um, problem is to the core. And the core is he is upset as his from his failures as a father. You could see he started talking about his children. He started talking about how they made up lies about him and spread rumors about him. He started talking about how he wanted to look around the dinner table and see their lovely faces, and then he went back to hating God. He is angry at God. This is what I gathered from this anyway. He is angry at God because God, he is blaming for not keeping his family together and keeping his family respecting him. However, if he would have succeeded as a father, and I know that not everybody can say this, but in general, if he had succeeded as a father and brought God into his children's lives, then maybe his children would understand respect a little bit more, and they wouldn't disrespect him as their father, as their godly father, by spreading rumors and spread Gospel, not—I mean, gossip—not gospel, and it sounds to me like this man is very frustrated at God because he could not keep his family intact. Is that the way it seems to you? I want to give a big shout out to our fellow host here at LFA TV, Sean Farish of Ungoverned at 5 p.m. He is in the chat. Big prayers for him and Brennan as um, for what's going on down in Tennessee. Amen. He also doesn't understand the holiness of God. Amen. Amen. And big shout out to Brennan too. You know, a lot of those, um, a lot of those videos that I show you that I archive um, on Instagram and other places. Well, Brennan follows those same things and Brennan likes those same videos because it says liked or followed by Brennan. And I say, wow, Brennan and I have the same spiritual taste. Isn't that amazing? Big shout out to our sister in Christ, Mrs. Brennan Farish, ladies and gentlemen. Can't blame God for our failures. Truth, Jeremy. Amen. Amen. All right, let's bring on this last video of the day that I want to show you and get on my headphones here. We talked a little bit about this uh, last week when we talked about uh, the fruits of the Spirit and then the, the curses uh, that happen when you... Uh, blaspheme the spirit or when you go against the fruits of the spirit um, here's four things that you must quit in order to get closer to God
3: things you must quit in order to grow closer to God number one worrying worry is worship to the devil and God says we shall cast our worries unto him and be anxious for nothing so give it to God and let him take the weight of your worries. Number two, speaking word curses over your life. Life and death are in the power of your tongue. What you speak, you become so stop speaking negatively over yourself instead start speaking God's word over your life so that you can start to see yourself the way he does number three allowing your fears to control you the devil is a liar God does not give you a spirit of fear the enemy places fears and doubts in your mind to prevent you from becoming who God has called you to be but remember God walks before you and he's always with you so why should you be afraid number four people-pleasing stop making decisions based off of what other people will think Think yes. about you. When you're walking in God, you're not going to be liked because you make decisions opposite of what people think is right. Focus on pleasing God. Four things you
0: People pleasing. Do not people please. Now, back to Ray Comfort one week later.
1: Think about what we talked about. Of course,
2: I think about all that stuff altogether. Incidentally, the book was cool. You enjoyed the book? Oh, yeah. Yeah, a lot. Um, uh, I didn't realize there were all those references that could be cross-referenced science versus scripture and stuff, and that that was pretty cool.
1: Living Waters exists as a non-profit ministry to help you grow in your faith. Here are three things to help you do just that. The Living Waters Podcast, the Evidence Study Bible, everything you've ever wanted to know about the Christian faith, and the Starter Kit. Four of our most popular gospel tracks. These and much more are available at livingwaters.com.
0: Livingwaters.com. If you want to watch something a little different from what you... He- and Ray Comfort, ladies and gentlemen, look at that. He planted seeds. He gave him some literature. He gave him some information. Gave him some truth. The man actually calmed down, went home, read it, came back, far more relaxed. Holy Spirit is working. And that right there is one of the goodest, greatest videos that I've seen by Ray Comfort because it showed a rejection... And then a comeback for a completion. Truly incredible. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for Rise Up today. Perfect music timing. Look how we got things under control here. Ladies and gentlemen, Merry Christmas. God bless each and every one of you. Mike Crispy and Unafraid comes up next, followed by two hours of Live from America with yours truly, right here in this beautiful little coffee shop. See the food up there? Order something today. God bless you guys. Put Jesus in your life. Don't be spiritually homeless and make your house a home today by making God part of your home. God bless you, and I'll see you for more Rise Up tomorrow at 9 a.m. and live from America today at 11. See you later, folks.
4: Bye bye. So Set for a heart singing hallelujah, hallelujah, oh hallelujah, no matter my season will be my song come on my soul oh don't you get shy on me lift up your song cause you've got a lion inside of those wounds. get up and praise the lord yeah come on my soul so come on my soul oh don't you get shy on me lift up your song cause you've got a lion inside of Songs, give it fair and praise the Lord. So come on my soul, so come on my soul. Oh, don't you get shy on me, lift up your song, cause you've got a lion inside of i